What is the event podcast will begin in five, three, one, four. Welcome to What is the Event Podcast with Jimmy and George, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC. Your place to talk about it. You know, when you get to be as old as I am, the lines between the past, the present, and the future they begin to blur. Sir, I'm not sure that I follow. Oh, forgive me. I, I shouldn't expect you to understand. It's just that I have a feeling that this Mr. Walker and I will cross paths again. Welcome back to What Is Even Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC. This is episode 27. Which is including discussion of the all new episodes after over three months of no new episodes of the event. We had two this evening and then there were more and in Ostranka. We'll be getting into those soon as we like to do um, when there is such things to get into. We're going to start off the show with a little bit of event news. From the What is the Event podcast studios, it's the event news with Jimmy in Georgia. All right, we're going to jump into some event news with uh, the Truthseeker 5314 as well as eventiscoming.com as we like to do. There's a few postings there. Um, the last one that I saw here was on February the 28th. There was a uh, basically an accident report from something that we see in the um, episode this evening where Sean and Layla rescue Samantha and the other girls. has a... Uh, Basically, like a little police report related to that event. And granted, this was posted on February 28th, so kind of could read into that. I guess if you'd seen this prior to, um, which is often the case on that website, just like we saw the video of the truck going into the Mount Innistronka facility with St. Thomas inside um, a few weeks ago. Um, and at that point, it didn't really seem like that big of a deal, just a video of a truck, but you know, we know what it's from. Um, okay, over at the eventiscoming.com, there's been a couple of blog posts from March the 1st and March the 4th, um, you know, with some news uh, at that point in the upcoming uh, episode 11 and 12. There were some behind-the-scenes photos that were kind of spoilery, if you haven't um, seen the episode already. Um, there were uh, 11 posted on the 4th and 6 posted on the 1st. But then again, if you haven't seen the episode, I don't think you would be listening, so... You can check those out. And that's really about all, I guess, for right now. I know we've already reported some other things over the hiatus of some casting and, like, Virginia Madison joining the cast, Cartesia from the old 902 and 0, such as that. So we're going to go on over the portion of the show where we recap, recap the event. Okay, it's time for the revent cap, the time where we recap the event. And we're going to do this a little bit differently this week. Hopefully try to make it a little condensed since there are two, count them, two episodes to talk about. And um, basically we're going to get started where it started. Yesterday the sleepers launched a satellite and seven seconds later after it transmitted its mission, it self-destructed. And soon we found out that transmission said preparations are being made for your arrival. 
And uh, Sterling says this message is a declaration of war, that colonization and extermination will be coming soon, and that he heads off to Innistraka to find out more from the detainees. Sophie and Simon want Michael's help, so we they break him out of government custody during a transfer, and they want him to help them find Thomas's array, since he helped transport the materials there to some middleman. However, he says he won't help them unless they help him find his daughters. We find out that Thomas's array is in the Himalayan mountains. It's this huge satellite dish-looking thing that is supposed to be able to transport his people, all of them, every single one, to the Earth. Um, Sean and Layla are still at the Willowbrook Hospital. Layla is grappling with the idea that her dad might be one of them, and if so, what does that make her? And they find a nurse who tries to get away, but they are able to, at gunpoint, find out that the van with Samantha in it had left about ten minutes ago, heading to West Plains. And we'll just go ahead and skip ahead and say, soon thereafter, Sean and Layla do find the van. And after getting brumped and crashed into several times, they were able to hit the brakes, let the van fly right by at Rex. And Sean knocks out the driver, and they find Samantha and the other little girls who've gotten old by whatever experiments they were doing to them. They run off with Samantha because her car won't start. There is a uh, a car, a guy that stops, and Sean tells them to call the police. So it looks like the other little girls are probably going to be taken back to their families. And very, very, very soon afterwards, Agent Collier, good old Agent Collier, calls Sean and tells him that someone's contacted her, that Michael Buchanan wants to meet. And so not too long after that, in an oil field, Simon brings Michael there to reunite him with his two daughters and with Sean. And uh, so Simon and Sean meet for the first time, and Simon um, has heard about what Sean has done. But yeah, it's a nice little happy family reunion there. Simon and the group, they are at a house. It looks kind of like Michael's house, but I really don't think it was. And But anyway, Sean does meet Sophia, and she tells him about her people, and that they crash-landed here, and they wanted peace, and that they want to go home. But Sean says that everywhere he goes, he sees killing and abducting. Layla and her dad have a, have a talk about the fact that he's been lying to her, that she's half whatever they are, alien, and uh, he's really the only one who can answer her questions. He says he will answer those questions, but she has to come with him, and that Sean cannot come. Um, but he does tell her where they're from. He says the humans call it NGC-253, which if you um, Google such things, you find out pretty easily that that is a um, a galaxy that's really the second brightest in the sky, Andromeda Galaxy. It's called the Sculptor Galaxy, also known as the Silver Coin, the Silver Dollar Galaxy, NGC 253, or a Caldwell 65. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a minute, but um do think that's interesting that they gave the galaxy they're from. So definitely alien life form, not alternate dimension, not future, not whatever the other theories people have had out there over the course of many months. So yeah, alien. Anyway, <laughs> as we move forward, Layla doesn't really want to go with her dad and Sophia and the group, but uh, she does want the answers, and so Sean tells her that she should go, um, but they should sleep on it and make a decision in the morning. However, when she wakes up, she finds Sean is gone. And we see him walking away, just like the Incredible Hulk back in the old TV show. Um, but um, he has his backpack on. He's going walking down the side of the road. And uh, that's kind of all for the Sean and Layla portion of the show today. Um, also, though, we over at the White House, we find out that the the new Senator Lewis, who's replacing her dead husband for at least the next 90 days or so, 
has found out about the Innistronka facility. She knows that it's not a weather facility, but she does know $90 million was given to that facility for an expansion. And she wants transparency in government. That's what she keeps talking about. She knows that the president is bluffing because she's a poker player. Um, so soon thereafter, we find out that the president has issued the order for Mr. Duncan to go over there and basically remove all the files that are important and classified that she doesn't have access to. But she's able to sweet-talk her way into keeping one about Mount Innistronka and finding out that it is a prison that she says is illegally holding these people. Um, and she confronts the presidents with this information um, and he is pretty defensive because she doesn't really understand. He said he was, you know, upset too when he found out basically that she should never question his integrity and that she needs to leave this one alone. But she doesn't. She goes on a hard ball with Chris Matthews as we see a little bit later <laughs> in the events of the night. And the president basically has to agree that he will explain what's going on for her not to tell what she knows. Well, granted, it's not everything, but she doesn't. he doesn't want her to share what she does know. And that kind of wraps up her story for this evening. Thomas and his girlfriend do kind of coerce this guy into helping them. We find out at a bar pretty soon after she gets him outside that they have his wife and kids, which is Thomas's favorite way to make people cooperate. And if he doesn't cooperate, they're going to kill him. And so Lieutenant Greer, find out soon, works at Innistronka. Okay, over at Innistronka. Sterling is there. He's trying. He's trying to interview some of these people, interrogate them. He's talking to Maya, trying to find out stuff. Since she was the one who killed William, and she keeps telling him they have morality and they have philosophy and they would not do these things. And basically, he just doesn't believe her. And then it doesn't take too long before we find out that the lieutenant has allowed Thomas and his men in, and that they've taken over the place. They use gas not to kill a lot of people. But anyway, Lieutenant Greer does use his little jump drive to like loop a video feed for about 12 minutes. It doesn't take long before his his superior, the Major, finds out that something's wrong. Thomas's guys come in, kill him. Um, they order a, a Code 8 lockdown, and they try, they're saying they're not trying to kill people, but they are. Well, as the um, guards are... Well, it looks like they're being tied up. I don't guess they're being killed just yet. Um, but we do know Thomas's people do kill people later on in the episode. He um, orders... Everyone to to go down to the um, boiler room as part of the lockdown, and um, we do find out at that point that Bell comes into the interrogation, and Sterling tells him that he is high ranking, that he orders him to stay at his post, and so he calls into the command center and says that you know he's been ordered to stay where he is, and that is how Thomas finds out that Sterling is in the base. Um, Greer did not know this either, and so Thomas wants Sterling. He sends some goons after him. Bell is very observant, sees these guys aren't from the base, don't have government-issued army weapons, and uh, he warns Sterling. He frees Maya. Sterling breaks the little glass in the interrogation room, and they kind of duck away um, just in time for the guys to burst in. And then Sterling goes all diehard on people and just starts shooting people, because he's definitely had his experiences as a spy and stuff, which is kind of interesting. He does get some information from one of the two guys before he dies, but the second one shoots him, in the back, kind of in the kidney area, um, which isn't a good place to be shot. So he needs first aid, and eventually he and the famous Jet Jackson make it over to the command center, and they're trying to figure out a way to keep Thomas from leaving. And by this point, we've already seen Thomas give his rousing speech to his people, how they should be free, that Sophia has really done nothing for them, they've been locked up for 66 years, and unless they want to be locked up for another 66 years, they should choose to come with him. 
He's saying he's given them a choice, but those who choose to remain loyal to Sophia, he has killed, which we don't you know find out pretty soon thereafter. He's just about to leave. Lieutenant Greer enters the code to open the door to the helicopter pad, but Sterling is able to override the system with his super awesome clearance that he has, and that's when Thomas learns from Lieutenant Greer that the only place he could do that would be the command center. So another group of goons come after them. The famous Jet Jackson and Sterling find some almost dying or dead um, detainees. Find out that Thomas has done this to them, and they are quickly captured. Where Sterling is tortured, Bell finally gives up the code, opens the door to release the detainees. Thomas and his people are going out to the helicopter. They put Sterling on there. However, Maya, who was smart enough to go with Thomas, is still loyal to Sophia. Frees Sterling, tells him he needs to run, that he needs to stop Thomas. Thomas sees him running away. Thomas shoots him in the back. Maya jumps down, tries to help him. She gets shot. And her dying words is that she wants Sterling to believe her. And at this point, we think he does. Um, and this is just about the time that the uh, next shift of guards are coming on to the Anastronka facility. And that kind of wraps up this part of the story. And then the only one last little addendum is Dr. Dempsey. And we find out that Dr. Dempsey is... Uh, Basically, writing Kryptonian <laughs> or something on a little notepad, and then he has uh, a table that looks kind of like the um, Aska lines down in the, uh, South America, uh, where you, you see these lines from space, <laughs> pretty much from the air only, and they make out like astronauts and spiders and things, stuff that you can't see from the ground. It's just like a path on the ground. It kind of looks like that, but it also reminds me of the. Um, like stuff from Clash of the Titans, where the Greek gods have little statues of people laying around on the little board. And he looks around, he's kind of confused, a little, and he uh, picks up one and says, oh, here he is. And he's like, found Sean Walker's little pebble, kind of like he's a fortune teller or something, casting stones or lots. And, uh, which is a whole little section here is a little strange. But Dempsey does say this. He says, when you get to be as old as I am, lines between the past, present, and future begin to blur. And then he has a feeling that he and Mr. Walker will soon cross paths again. Which is just weird. <laughs> but that pretty much wraps up these two episodes in a fairly short amount of time uh, for me. Because sometimes I talk about this stuff a lot longer, I believe. But that's about it. We're going to jump into um, the event line. And then we'll have a little theory of the week. And then that'll be about it for the show this week. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be right back with the next segment. We are now entering the portion of the show referred to as... The Event Line. And on the Event Line, we haven't had a uh, podcast in a few weeks, I guess now. February 19th was the last time we posted one. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, just over two weeks ago. And uh, since then, we've had some interaction on the Twitter and whatnot. Uh, I had several things from the Event Fan Central. On the 19th, the Event Fan Central said, At Event Podcast, do you know when the day and time of the catch-up show is for the event? And uh, informed them that that had pretty much been canceled once they had rescheduled the return. Uh, and there was a catch-up video on NBC.com. And also on uh, the 19th, I had a couple, another message from Event Fan Central because I had mentioned that I was a part of the NBC Universal Media Village where I did get press releases and things. And uh, he asked me, how do you sign up for such things? So that was another thing from him. Also on the 25th of February, um, I'd posted... Uh, episode descriptions for this episode or these two episodes tonight and next week's episode and he was responding to that tweet saying it was at a post or a podcast and and i responded back and he said sweet just retweeted it 
And also on the 25th, Killer Keller Jr. Um, said at Event Podcast about Darn Time, hopefully no one else has forgotten, as it seems long breaks kill a show. And I would have to agree with Killer Keller Jr. that that is the case usually. And we'll have to check out the ratings, you know, come pretty much tomorrow to see how things went tonight. And I know they do factor in the DVRs and things, so it, it may trend up a little bit after that, because it is a pretty heavily dvr show. Um, and as one good thing about the DVR, people have forgotten about the event. Their DVR hasn't, unless they cancel their season. And so <laughs> it wouldn't show up there. Um, also, on the 26th of February, our underscore card tweeted me something that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it's basically something that takes Twitter feeds and turns them into something that looks like a newspaper. And you can check out the link if you want to see it. But uh, I was like, that's kind of interesting. And, okay, also on the 28th of February, Killer Keller Jr. responded back, said, hopefully the event can hold on as I really like the show, but every time this happens to one of my shows, it's gone. And um, I can agree with him. We had a follow-up rally from the Event Fan Center on March the 4th, as well as from Iowa underscore card. And then also on March 4th, Chad Cleveman tweeted us and said, I work on the show every day, and you guys are in for a wild ride starting 3-7-11. And he tweeted that to me and a couple other people, which I thought was kind of cool. And I, went, I did respond back to him and uh, said, looking forward to seeing you on the event Monday. And he said, thank you, me too. Uh, on also March the 4th, we did get a follow Friday from the Eventers and from the 17th Precinct, which is my new podcast that I'm going to have about show if, if it becomes a show. Right now it's just a pilot, um, and that is my Twitter account for that podcast, the 17th Precinct. And that is in regards to Ron Moore's pilot, 17th Precinct, which is a interesting thing. You can check it out at 17thprecinctpodcast.com if you haven't heard about that. Or you can check out the Random City Podcast, because I talked about it on the last episode that came out tonight, actually. So, um, yeah. Okay, a couple more things. We got um, a thing yesterday from Jim Halterman. He had interviewed Jason Ritter, had 10 questions with him about parenthood, um, the event, and of course, Justin Bieber. <laughs> so if you want to check out that interview, you can uh, find it on our Twitter. Just look, look under, if you want to check out the interview, go to um, twitter.com slash Jim Halterman. That's H-A-L-T-E-R-M-A-N. And look at his post, and you'll be wrong, I'm sure you'll see it. And that's about everything that happened um, prior to the show's um, airing tonight. All right, I do have one email to get into from um, actually the the last day when our last episode came out. It was on February 19th. Jacob from the Event Fan Central um, sent it to me. I also sent it to the Event Cast. And uh, he said, in the promo, we see Sean and Sophia meeting. I have no idea, but it is so cool. In the episode 12 description, it says that Sean and Dempsey will cross paths. Just a thought. Jacob from the United States sent from his iPod. Um, not really a theory there. He just thought it was cool. Pointed it out. Interesting stuff, yeah. I mean, it was cool to see Sean and Sophia meet up tonight and uh, have a little conversation. Um, definitely interesting to see Sean and Simon together, Sean and Michael together. I mean, um, Michael's little reunion, it was definitely a, a little different thing. Uh, definitely a lot of paths were crossing with Sterling and Thomas and all sorts of stuff, so that was cool. And, uh, yeah, it was good to see Dempsey again. Hadn't seen, uh, didn't see much of him, but, you know, got to see a little bit of him again. And we found out he's a doctor. Which is, which is an interesting little tidbit. Alright. Well, that's about it for the event line right now. And um, we're going to move on over into my favorite part of the show. Sometimes. <laughs> the erratic event theory of, of the week. 
My radical event theory of the week is, if life wasn't sustainable 66 years ago, what makes Thomas think there are still people on his planet to bring here? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm just thinking 66 years is a long time. Granted, they age differently, so maybe they don't die as quickly as us. But they are um, from a, a galaxy called the Sculptor Galaxy, also known as Silver Coin or the Silver Dollar Galaxy, NG, NGC 253 or Caldwell 65. It is an intermediate spiral galaxy in the constellation Sculpture. The Sculpture Galaxy is a starburst galaxy, which means it is currently undergoing a period of intense star formation. So maybe the fact that that galaxy is going through an intense star formation means that these uh, people have died. I don't know. That would make it interesting if that was the case. I mean, granted, he's trying to build this huge thing to bring him here, but apparently if he has to send a satellite up into space to communicate with him, he hasn't for 66 years. And so I'm going to say they're not there anymore. That's my writing event theory of the week. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for the show. You just remember to contact us at whatiseventpodcast.gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We are at Event Podcast. We're on Facebook.com slash Event Podcast. You can call into the show at 773-41-EVENT. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your theories, your opinions about the show, about the podcast, whatever it may be. And we'd be glad to share them. And if you have a blog or uh, other things about the event, let us know. We'll be glad to, to link to it as well. All right, we'll talk to you next time about the event on What is the Event Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC, your place to talk about the event. He's going to tell them about the event.